Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. I don't have any opening scriptures to read, but we will have plenty of scriptures. Amen. So uh, I would like to talk tonight about uh, the subject, He's Coming Soon. Amen. A very important subject. He's coming soon. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back at some point in the future. It's been talked about ever since the apostles wrote uh, the, the books in the New Testament. They were expecting His soon return. And uh, I've heard it preached all the years that I've been walking with the Lord. Amen. And people have preached it like it's going to happen tomorrow. You know, and that's 50 years ago, 100, you know, a long time ago. And, uh, but we're bound to be closer than we've ever been. And we're seeing things on this earth that we've never seen. And it's lining up with Bible prophecy. And this return of Jesus is actually referring to two separate events that take place at two different times. So it's important to understand that when you hear somebody talk about the coming of the Lord. Amen. It's not one event. It's two different events split by, uh, you know, a considerable amount of time. And one of them is the rapture of the church. And the other one is the second coming of Christ. And we don't know according to the scripture when the rapture takes place, but we do know when the second coming of Christ is going to happen. And we're going to talk about the difference. You see, in the rapture, Jesus does not actually come all the way back to the earth, but in the second coming, he comes all the way back to the earth and takes care of business, of situation that's happening. So let's first talk about the rapture. Now, the word rapture is not actually in the Bible. You won't find it. And it's actually a word that comes from an old Latin word um, that uh, is called rapio. And it means to be carried away in body or in spirit from one place to another. It also means an overwhelming emotional experience full of wonder and delight, which is breathtaking. And so... I don't know how long ago and when somebody called this event the rapture, but that's a pretty good description of what's going to happen when the Lord comes back for us. Amen. Now, during the rapture, or leading up to the rapture, the Bible says nobody knows the day nor the hour. Although in my years of serving the Lord, I have have seen, I have heard, I have even uh, read books about people trying to predict This happening, I'll never forget in 1988 or leading up to September, there was a date in September 1988, some guy wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Amen. And he had, I mean, that book was one of the most popular books. It was 88 Compelling Reasons. And he even gave the date, it was like September something, 1988. And man, that book was like a hot seller. And then after that date passed, Jesus didn't come. Yeah, you couldn't hardly give that book away. Amen. So he said, don't try to predict it. Just be ready for it. Amen. 
So Jesus did give us, however, many clues to let us know when the time was drawing near. He said there would be wars and rumors of wars, nation right, rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. He said there'll be famines and pestilences. And when you look up the definition of a pestilence, it is epidemics and pandemics, if that doesn't ring a bell. Amen. And earthquakes in various places. And we know that all the recorded history of, of, of actually capturing all earthquake data since the Richter scale was invented and all that kind of thing, amen, that there's been more earthquakes just in the last you know, 20, 30 years than all of the combined recorded earthquakes before that. So we know that things are happening and we see the signs of the times. Jesus said that there would be religious persecution of his people, specifically those, uh, amen, that hold on to his name. You shall be hated of all men, but for my name's sake. And then they said, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. But he said, this is not the end. When you see these signs, he said, it is the beginning of sorrows. So we're seeing these things that are happening more and more right now in our world. Now, so we're talking about the rapture. Jesus told us in Matthew 24, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be a surprise for those that are not ready. It's going to be something that people aren't, are not going to expect. And except for those that are expecting it, amen, those that I'm, I, I'm looking at right now, amen. And then he said in verse 40, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. In other words, not everybody's going to be, at gr that grinding at the mill is going to be ready to meet the Lord. So the ones that are ready, they'll be taken and the other are left behind to stay on the earth and, and so forth. But he said, knowing, he goes, know this, verse 43, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So he's coming as a thief in the night. He's coming as a thief in the night. Amen. And he said, if you knew when the thief was coming, you'd be home. Yeah, you'd be ready for him, right? You'd be, you say, okay, I, uh, I'd like all my friends from the police department to come. We're going to have donuts and coffee, and then we're just going to wait like a surprise party with the lights off, and then when they come, we'll surprise them. Amen. So he's coming as a thief in the night. So those that are watching, those that are alert, those that are tuned into the things of God will be ready, and they'll be ready to go, and they'll be taken. Amen. Those that are not will remain on the earth to face what comes next that we read about in the Bible. Another passage that talks about, uh, the, that, uh, about the rapture is the ten virgins in Matthew 25. What, ten, uh, there was ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. And the reason why the wise were wise is because they had plenty of oil. Now the oil is a type of the Spirit of God, you know, being full of the Spirit. And so they, they were ready because they, they knew that 
there was going to be a cry that the, that the bridegroom was going to come and they wanted to be ready to go into the marriage. So in Matthew 25, 6, they all, they all kind of like uh, took a little nap, all 10 of them. And then at midnight, the cry was heard out of nowhere. Behold, the bridegroom is coming, Matthew 25, 6, and go out to meet him. And, and, uh, and so the, the five that were ready, they went to meet him. The other five said, hey, can we borrow some of your oil? No, no, everybody's got to get your own oil. Everybody's got to get your own experience with God. Everybody's got to get your own, uh, you know, walk with the Lord. And so while the other five was going to try to get ready, uh, the, the five went in. And verse 10 said, while they went to buy the five foolish, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Amen. So uh, those who were ready went in and those that were not, when they came back afterward, were not allowed to come in. Amen. So the door was shut. And when the door is shut, it's shut. And at that point, it's too late. So the, it, it's like Noah's Ark. You know, when you look at the construction of that ark, it only had one big door that ser also served as a huge ramp to you know, walk up and down and all the animals and all that stuff. And the Bible said that Noah didn't shut the door when it was time that his three sons or their wives or Noah's wife, because there was eight people, they didn't shut the door when it was time, when God said, okay, everybody get on the ark. They got on the ark, and the Bible said in Genesis 7, 16, and they went in, they went in male and female of all flesh, and God, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut them in. See, the Lord shuts the door. Amen. He shuts the door on every dispensation. He shuts the door on every situation Amen. When, he, when it was time for uh, the program to, to end and the next one to start. Uh, and the New Living Translation said, Then the Lord closed the door behind them. Amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, we're talking about the rapture, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. The word sleep there is die. Amen. Because when you're a Christian and you die, you're really just going to sleep because, you know, you're, you're ready to go. You're going to be uh, waking up, you know, with the Lord. And it's a whole different program. And, and so uh, we, we, uh, we don't all uh, sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. Now he said it's going to be in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Now that word moment comes from the Greek word atomos, A-T-O-M-O-S, which we get the word atom, amen. And the atom is the smallest particle of an element. It's invisible and it's very, very tiny, amen. And so when he says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, what he's saying is this is going to happen in the atom of time. That's less than a second 
that's less than a fraction of a second in the twinkling, not a, not a winking of an eye or a blinking of an eye, but the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen. You see, it's going to be in a thief in the night. It's going to be when the bridegroom comes, it's going to be, we got to be ready. Amen. So he said, we won't all sleep. We're not all going to die, but we will all be changed. Our mortal will put on immortality. Our corruption will put on incorruption. Amen. Philippians 3.21, talking about this change, he said, Someday Jesus, who shall change our vile body, that it may fashion like unto his glorious body. Amen. When he came out of the grave after three days and three nights, he had a glorified body. He walked through walls. He disappeared. Amen. He did all kinds of things before his ascension and after his resurrection. Amen. And John told us, that, he said, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. The rapture of the church. Paul went on to say in the, in, to, the Thessalonian, to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in the Lord, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We, we, yeah, we're sad that they're gone, but we'll see them again. Amen. We're sad that they're gone, but they died in the Lord, so they have their reward coming. Praise God. So he said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who are dead in Christ. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed we won't go before those who are dead in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. So I'm comforting us with some exciting words tonight. He said they'll be caught up, amen, to, uh, with them to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up, that means to, be, to catch away, to lift, to take up, to pluck, amen. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So once that happens, our sorrows are over. Our problems are over. Amen. Amen. No matter what we were, you know, what we're going to be doing, what we you know, because there's a lot to happen after this rapture in the Bible still. Amen. There's still some things to happen with other people and other situations. And whatever we're going to be doing, it doesn't matter to me. We shall ever be with the Lord. It's like, oh, thank God. Thank God. So notice in the rapture, Jesus does not come back to the earth. He, he stops in the clouds and the trumpet sounds. Amen. And we're caught up together with them in the clouds and we meet the Lord in the air. So the Lord comes to the air. The trumpet sounds. The dead in Christ come up first. Then we which are alive, we, we change. And then we go somewhere and wherever it is, is going to be great. Amen. Praise God. So that's the difference. So that's the rapture. Now let's talk about now let's talk about the event that's going to take place after the rapture, the second coming of Christ. Amen. The first coming of Christ 
He came through Mary. Amen. He came to the earth as born uh, of a virgin. Amen. And so that was the first coming of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3 said, Let no man deceive you by any means, for the, that day, talking about the day the Lord's coming, shall not come, and it's talking about the second coming, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin revealed the son of perdition, talking about the Antichrist, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this guy is going to come, and, uh, you know, the Bible said he's going to be a good guy at first, you know, to try to come across as a good guy, have all kinds of solutions to the world's problems, get everybody on board, then he's going to turn, you know, his, his uh, whole attention to, you know, the whole devil's work. Amen. The, the Antichrist, the false prophet, uh, the, the image of the beast, and all that kind of stuff. We talk about the mark of the beast, the one world religion, one world government, one world financial system. We see signs of things happening right now with all that, with all the technology. Amen. So, and he wants to be worshipped because he's the Antichrist. So he, he wants to be worshipped like Christ. Amen. But now, know this. He, he said, and now you know, verse 6, what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Why hasn't the Antichrist been revealed yet? Something is withholding him. In other words, something is holding him back. Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The spirit of Antichrist, John talked about it in his, in his epistles, the spirit of Antichrist. He said it's already at work in the world. Amen. But the, he said the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Amen. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Amen. Now notice, he said in verse 6, Now you know what withholdeth, that he might be something is holding it back. And verse 7, The mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let. Now, letteth and let are to two old English words. They don't mean what, what they mean in our. Now, if we say, I'll let you come in, you know, that means, you know, you're, you're coming in. But these words mean to resist and to restrain. So, uh, if you read it this way, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now restrains shall restrain until he be taken out of the way. Amen. What is restraining? What is withholding the Antichrist from coming on the scene, which will start the tribulation period that we read about in the book of Revelation? It is the church of the living God. Amen. The church on this earth, every single person that is born again, that's serving God. Amen. That's what's holding back this onslaught. Amen. And, you know, it's the only thing restraining the, uh, the uh, revealing of the Antichrist. And let's just talk about what one of us can do, what the Bible said, one of us, just one of us. Amen. We, we need all of us. You know, where two or three are gathered together, and, you know, when we have numbers, we're stronger, and that's why the church is important. 
But even one of us that's filled with His Spirit, one of us that's called by His name, one of us that understands who He is and stands on His Word, one of God's people can put a thousand enemies to flight and two can put 10,000 enemies to flight. He said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. He told his apostles, you shall tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? And, and the Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the Bible said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's one of us. Now you combine all the millions of people worldwide, the tens and hundreds of millions of people that are believers in Jesus Christ, that are born again, and we are a force to be reckoned with. And, the, and the, that's why the Bible said that the Antichrist cannot be revealed. The son of perdition, the, the, whose workings after Satan, he cannot be revealed because something is withholding. Amen. But when the rapture takes place, that, that was holding it back and that's what's restraining is going to be gone. And once the church is taken away, amen, and all the prayers with it, and all the praise and worship with it, and all the Holy Ghost with it, and all the, and all the, the holy living and just living for God and walking with His Word and all the light and the salt, when all that's gone, can you imagine the huge void and the huge vacuum, amen, that will quickly be filled with the worst evil this world has ever seen or experienced. And then th that guy will be revealed and then we'll see, we'll be ushered into the book of Revelation like never before. Zechariah 14.1, now we're talking about the second coming because he comes back to the earth in the second coming. 14.1 through 5, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Now that, talk, that, that sounds like the battle of Armageddon that we read about in the book of Revelation. All nations... Amen. We'll be on board with the Antichrist. That includes us. I don't even know what happens to the United States. You really don't even see what happens to the United States in the Bible too much. Uh, you have little hints and stuff, but for the most part, you, you read about some of the other nations that have been around long, longer than us that are still talked about in the Bible in different ways. Amen. But all nations will be on board with the Antichrist and they will come against Jerusalem. They will come against Israel because Israel will be the only one still hanging on and holding on to the Lord at, the, at this time in the book of Revelation. But Zechariah said, I'll gather, verse 2, verse, chapter 14, I'll gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. On that day, listen, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall split in two from east to west but in, by a very wide valley. So the one half of the mount shall be northward and the other half southward. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. Amen. Where'd the holy ones come from? They got raptured a little bit before then. Amen. And so we're coming back with him. Amen. In the second coming, Jesus physically comes back and his feet touch the Mount of Olives, and it will split in two. Amen. And this is corroborated by angels when Jesus ascended. Remember, after his resurrection, he actually ascended up into heaven. In Acts chapter 1, we read about it. 
and verse 9, it said, Now when he had spoken these things, this is Jesus, was talking to this, his followers um, after his resurrection, just before he was going up to heaven. While they watched, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. So they're all just like looking up, like, what do we do now? You know, they just look it up. There goes the Lord. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, where were the apostles when this event took place? Where were they physically? Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is in near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Amen. So Zechariah said when he comes back with his armies to fight the battle that, of all those nations that are surrounding Jerusalem, amen, he's going to land his feet on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split. And these angels just said, and you see him at, just as he left, he's coming back in like manner and they were standing on the Mount of Olives right then. Praise God. Revelation 1-7, amen. It said, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And so this is a different situation. The rapture is he's coming as a thief in the night. The bridegroom comes at midnight when you're not expecting it. Amen. No man knows the day nor the hour. But in this situation, amen, every eye is going to see. Every, he's coming back gloriously to take back this earth and to take charge again. Amen. So the rapture takes place in the twinkle of an eye and comes like a thief in the night. But the second coming of Christ, I think, will be one of the most visible events in history. Amen. Jude said in verse 14, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Well, where'd they come from? The rapture. To execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, among all them that are ungodly deeds which have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And so the Lord went on the second coming. He's not coming back alone. He's coming back with his saints. He's coming back with his people. And that's why the rapture must take place before the second coming so we can come back with them. It's not the same event. We're not, we're not being raptured at the same time that he's coming back, uh, you know, that, uh, to the Mount of Olives to, to finish everything up and to, to win the battle of Armageddon. Oh, no. That's two different situations. Revelation 19, 11. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. He was clothed with the robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And listen, the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Amen. That's not talking about angels. That's talking about us. Amen. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So the rapture, we don't know when it's going to happen. We got to watch. We got to pray. We got to have our soul ready to go. 
Amen. But the second coming is not going to happen until the battle of Armageddon, until all the nations of the world surround Jerusalem. Amen. And we read about that in the book of Revelation. And then when it looks like his, you know, God has rescued Israel, God has rescued Jerusalem all through Old Testament history, all through New Testament history, brought them back in May of 1948 to declare their independence as a nation again. And then they had to fight for their independence for that war in that war. And then they had to fight another independence in 1967. And then they had to fight the Yom Kippur War, I believe in 72. They had to fight all kinds of wars against outnum totally outnumbered, you know, hundreds of millions of people. And they only have two or three million people in that country. But God was with them. Amen. And finally, we see that it looks like in the Bible from any person that's looking just from natural perspective, amen, that oh, it looks like they're done for this time. All the nations of the world are surrounding little old Jerusalem, little old Israel. And then all of a sudden when it seems like it's too late and it seems like it's done for, there's no hope, amen. What do I hear? What do I see? I see some white horses and he's right, that's riding the first horse. It's called the Word of God and he's got a sword out of his mouth and he's followed with all of us coming back with him amen praise God he's coming soon so the important thing is for us to be ready for that rapture amen I don't know when it's going to happen but I know it's going to happen I believe it's going to happen before it has to happen before the Antichrist is revealed according to what we just read that's my by personal belief but like somebody says, you know what? Let's just have our ticket stamped for the first ride out of here. Amen. Whatever that is, I'm going on that ride. Amen. You don't want to miss uh, that trip. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's coming soon, folks. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.